what what is going on it is coach jay hunt with the elite path podcast and we are rocking and rolling getting you guys on the right track making sure you get your marathoners mindset so you could have that sprinter's body and today i want to get into you know proper strength training the importance of it what it's going to do for your body and why it is what you should be doing over group exercise classes and we're going to get into all that so you could understand i'm no hater of group x classes i used to be a group x manager and i still run boot camps to this very day however i'm understanding that these the way things are being done isn't necessarily the best way but Fighting against the fitness industry is not easy, especially when, you know, they, they, they get the idea that you should be going to the gym to burn calories. Well, this particular podcast and especially this episode, we are not going to be talking about strength training to burn calories. This is nothing to do with weight loss. This is not what we're going to be discussing. Is weight loss a symptom of what you will get by following the principles and the things that I'm going to teach Absolutely, but more specifically, it is more about you will get the result of increased muscle, which means increased metabolism, which also means um, increased amount of fat that your body is going to naturally burn. That is how I approach weight loss, not just sweat, 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 calories, calories, calories. Let me hop on the scale. Ooh, it went down a few pounds. But I still got all this flub. It's it's ultimately pointless. But people still do it anyway because some accomplishment feels better than no accomplishment. But the reality is that the taking prop doing proper strength training and proper nutrition and strengthening your heart and developing your athleticism and making sure your body is healed throughout the process so that you're not bussing up your joints so that you can't have the marathoners mindset and marathoners experience in this meaning the long-term experience in this people aren't committed enough so they do what happens quick so they can hurry up and see some type of result and they change but that will soon come to an end, I'm sure, because there's a lot more fitness professionals standing out against it. And that's what this podcast is all about. So without further ado, I want to get into, you know, helping you guys understand, you know, when you're when you're when you're working out, right, and you're trying to develop any part of your body, that not all reps are created equal. There are very efficient reps. And there's not so efficient reps. And what truly determines the efficiency of the rep is the very specific goal that you're trying to accomplish. So let's get into, there are, there are multiple, but I'm going to cover three um, principles of training, right? Three primary principles of training, and we're going to build out from there. So three specific principles of training. Number one is the um, principle of specificity, right? That is you going to the gym to specifically work on a particular area, right? You're going to the gym to specifically target a specific area of the body, right? So that you can develop that, right? You know, so your style of training is in line with the very specific goal that you're trying to accomplish. 
let's make this into layman's language, right? So a lot of people say, I want to be healthy, right? Uh, you know, I've been doing this for almost two decades, you know, very common. Ask them, okay, so what's your goal? I want to be healthier and I want to lose weight, right? So first, those aren't very specific definitions of what you want to accomplish in the gym. Why? A 70-year-old man and a 25-year-old woman saying that I want to be healthy is going to mean totally different things. Therefore, their specific style of training is not going to be the same. You could be 25 and 35. It doesn't matter. Everybody has their own unique differences. Therefore, one training style may be catastrophic for somebody else, even within the same age range, even if they're the same sex. Even if they're like similar athletes on the same sports team, your training has to be very specific as to currently where you are and specifically what goal, outcome, where do you want to go, all right? I'm going to come back to specific. I just want to give you more because there's more to that. And then the next principle of training is overload, right? And this is very sim simple. The stimulus provided, it must exceed the current capacity of what you can currently do, right? Like if you want to build strength, if you want to start building muscle so that your metabolism can elevate, or you just want to build muscle because you want to feel stronger throughout your day, to have just more energy, to be able to move certain things, be more active with your children, whatever it is. For you to see that evolution, right, that, that process, you have to consistently overload the muscle. That means if you've been doing eight pounds with bicep curls for the last six months or even the last six years, you haven't gone over 12 pounds, then guess what? You're not following the principle of overload. You're staying within a comfort zone. There's no growth in those comfort zones. Now, does that mean you need to go from 8 pounds or 12 pounds to 30 pounds? No, not overnight. You got to build into it. You have to build yourself into it. Depending on the exercise, it might not be just that particular muscle you need to build into, but it might be a total body thing that you need to build into. For example, when you want to do, let's say, a standing shoulder press. Yes, you need to have stronger shoulders, but... You also need to have a stronger back, a stronger spine, stronger glutes, right? You need to have a nice firm stance with your legs, right? Like there's multiple things that are going to go into the process of you being able to execute a stronger shoulder press. So not only do you need to overload and specifically those shoulders, you need to overload some other parts of your body as well so that they can get stronger too, right? And that's a big element a lot of people leave out. So the third um, principle of training that I'm going to address today, even though there's some others. The third that I'm really going to address today is variation, right? And that's very simple. Um, for you to, to see, to continuously see gains, you must constantly manipulate specific variables, intensities, which I'm going to get into next, within your routine. Now, that doesn't mean every single solitary time you go to the gym, you have to do something totally different. Like you do not, that is not necessarily the principle of variation, right? Like you don't have to do these totally different exercises because you also need to tie in with the principle of specificity and the principle of overload. If you're consistently doing something totally different 
every single time you're not doing certain things is consistent enough to build the ability to overload and consistently get stronger. And it's not specific enough. <laughs> so you have to understand, you know, the fitness industry, they, they've marketed excellently well that you need to mix it up and you have to shock the body. Yeah, that's a part of the formula. But there's other aspects of it, too, that you could be missing out on that are just as important if you're consistently changing things up too much. One downside of consistently changing things up is you increase the chances of injury. You increase the chances of injury because when you're constantly doing something different, that mind-muscle connection isn't as strong of specifically overloading this one particular part of your body and being familiar with how your body is feeling in that, 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 at that exercise, that motion. So if you're constantly, constantly, constantly changing things up, you're not able to really develop that, that connection with the mind and the body to make sure that what you're doing is actually creating and, and projecting you in the outcome that you want. I think the principle of variation is overused in the fitness industry, but it's more for marketing and to making sales and to making money. Now, let's get into, you know, when I talk about there are intensities that are going to help you have more of an efficient rep and have more efficient sets within your exercise programming. See, a big misconception, and I hear this uh, the past two decades, people will come and say, what is the best exercise for X? Plug-in abs, plug-in arms, plug-in chest, plug-in legs, back, you name it. What's the best exercise for X? Weight loss. Whatever. People always want to know, what's the best thing should I do? It's not about one exercise. It is absolutely, positively not about one exercise. It is about the programming that is designed to specifically overload a particular part of the body over a continuous period of time when you progressively see that area get stronger and more conditioned. That has nothing to do with one particular exercise. It is a program that is combined with several exercises. And some of those exercises are designed to make the specific muscle that you maybe want to focus on the most stabilized and that joint so that that muscle can actually become stronger and get bigger and help boost your metabolism, blah, 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 and all the stuff that comes with that, right? Like the biggest message that people need to get, it's not about one exercise. What's the best crunches and all? It, it's, yeah, there may be some that are better than others, but if you're ultimately trying to build your body to be something or even a particular part, you just can't keep doing the same exercise over and over, and saying, oh, this is the best one. Why? Because the principle of variation says so. <laughs> you can't keep doing that exact same redundant exercise over and over, right? You have to make changes. And you have to know when to make these changes, right? To understanding, you know, to have that proper balance of variation, but then also, you know, with specificity, you know, you have to know when to make these modifications when to progressively begin the overloading process. So the there are five measures of intensity that we use in the fitness industry. Um, whether you're aware of it or not, you're always falling somewhere in 
within these five measures. These five measures are resistance, right? The actual amount of weight you're moving against gravity. Let it be body weight, let it be dumbbells, kettlebells, barbells, sandbags, medicine balls, whatever, right? A per another person could be a partnered workout, whatever it is. There is always some form of resistance in what you're doing. So resistance is one of the intensities that must be measured and monitored for efficient reps and sets. The next is your reps. Depending on how many reps you're going to do, that is going to be a part of the programming that is going to specifically give you a very specific result. The higher the repetitions you do, you're going to develop what's called muscular endurance. The lower the repetitions you're going to do, you're going to fall in the cat multiple categories of either power training, strength training, or possibly muscular endurance training. I'm sorry, muscular hypertrophy training, right? Now, that doesn't answer everything within itself just saying the reps because there's more intensities. But generally speaking, for the sake of this part of the conversation, your reps, right, are an intensity that also must be measured. And depending on how many reps you're doing, it's going to have a lot to say with how you're training your body and the end result that you're going to get. You go even higher with your repetitions, 25, 30, now you're getting into the physical therapy realm of being able to heal specific parts of the body. The next intensity that is probably the most undermined, the least monitored, and given the least amount of acknowledgement of its importance is rest. Your rest between the sets that you're doing, you could even arguably say the rest that you take between your reps have a significant impact on your conditioning, a significant impact on the results, the outcome that you are trying to accomplish. Just focusing on the reps, and I didn't get into it yet, but the sets, sets is the next intensity we're going to talk about, but focusing on just your reps and your sets without acknowledging and focusing on your reps, I mean your rest, you're throwing the whole formula off. For example, let's say, right, you know, let me get to sets and then I'll come back and I'll tie those three in. Sets is the fourth intensity that we must measure. Sets is basically how many groups of reps are you going to do of a specific exercise, right? That's really sets. That's all sets is. That too has a direct implication of the specific result that you're going to accomplish. If you do 15 reps of an exercise and only one set, that is going to give a very, very specific different outcome if you do 15 reps of the same exercise, but you do four, four sets of that. That is going to give you a very different outcome than just doing one set, okay? So sets is very important with all of that. Now, when we talk about rest, let's just bring rest in with reps and sets. Now that we've covered that. Now, with rest, you want to be mindful of the fact that 
your one that the rest that you take between your sets and your reps also have a big implication of the outcome that you're going to get. Generally speaking, general rule of thumb, if you're doing high reps, usually people would consider that low weights. Even if you're doing something that's 100 pounds and someone else can't even do one rep of it at 100 pounds, but you can do 20 reps of it at 20, at 100, even though it's 100 pounds, for you, that's considered low weight, right? Like, we need to make that clear. That's still considered lightweight. If you can do that many reps and you're not fatiguing, you know, with at four, six, eight, ten, and under reps, then generally speaking, you're considered doing um, lightweight. Now, um, the rest that you take between these sets has a significant impact on your ability to not only perform that exercise again, right, but to but to start transforming your body. This is why it's really important not to just stop and drink water whenever you feel like it because you're tweaking with the formula of your rest. Rest is important as it will change the dynamic of your routine. It's not about just getting through the routine. It's about following a very specific formula to get a very specific outcome. That's why the principles, one of the number one principles of training is specificity. That means you have to follow a very specific formula. Now, can you let your emotions guide your workout and not follow specificity as well? Sure, and you'll get some form of gains, especially if you're extremely deconditioned and you've done nothing. You'll get some gains, but then you're going to hit that plateau. Right? You're going to hit that plateau as long as you let your feelings and your emotions dictate how long you should rest, how many reps you should do, and how many sets. You have to get out of that and stick to the science of what is going on. And the last intensity that is not measured, that is totally overlooked, on a regular basis, right, is your tempo. The tempo. The tempo of your reps is so important. Doing a fast-paced rep is going to yield a very different result than doing a more controlled rep, a more slower-paced rep especially if that slower pace is being added into the eccentric phase of your lift. Now, I need to explain eccentric, concentric, and isometric portions of your lift so that you can understand why the tempo is so important. So, when let's stick with bicep curls. It's easiest to understand. So, when your arm is straight down by your side and you have a dumbbell in your hand, as you begin to bend your elbow and lift that dumbbell up towards your chest and your shoulders and the rest of your upper body, that is what's called the concentric phase of the muscle. Once you get to the peak of that concentric phase and you hold it there for whatever period of time, that is what's called the isometric phase of your lift. And then as you slowly allow the muscle, or I shouldn't say slowly because some people don't do it slow, but as you let the muscle now go with gravity, this is what's called the eccentric phase of your lift. 
So when we start talking about controlling the tempo, usually we're primarily talking about breaking down the eccentric phase and the isometric phase. Because those two phases are usually the most under-focused phases of, of our repetitions. As you see, a lot of people will lift the weight and then they drop it. They lift it and they drop it. And sometimes they let momentum swing the weight up and swing the weight down. This is why tempo is so, can, is so important because it's going to keep the muscle with a greater time under tension. And time under tension is essentially what makes a muscle grow, what makes you stronger, what makes the muscles bigger, what makes you have more endurance. It's the time under tension. It's not just doing it. You know, it's not you in five seconds, you banged out 20 bicep curls. Uh, I did it. That is not efficient reps. That is not an efficient set. You want efficiency. You want your time to be of more value and a more, you know, um, effectiveness. Then you have to focus on your tempo of each and every single rep of what you're doing. Now, based on how much, um, based on the goal that you also want to have, your tempo should be a certain tempo. Now, let's give, let me give you a brief example of tempos. Let's stick with bicep curls. So the concentric phase, right? Let's say we're going to take two seconds. Two seconds to bring the weight all the way up. And then you'll take a one-second pause or squeeze at the top. And then let's say we'll take a four-second eccentric, right? Lowering of the weight. So you're going to curl it up faster, then you're going to let it come down. Generally speaking, general rule of thumb, in most of the routines that you see out there, um, that is what it should be. The concentric is going to be shorter than the eccentric. Unless you're power training, things might be a little different. But most people aren't trying to power train to build muscle and to boost their metabolism. Right, so we're going to stick with the more common ways people go about doing these things. So generally speaking, for the normal population of trying to, the people that say, oh, I want to be fitter, you know, I want to be more athletic, you know, um, I want to be healthier, that population usually needs to follow a method of the concentric phase is shorter than the eccentric phase. You going against gravity should be quicker than you controlling the weight with gravity. When you actually start to break down the eccentric aspect of your lift, that is when you will see your strength levels and developing more muscle skyrocket through the roof. And when you are smart about tying it in with those five other intensities, for more of efficient reps and sets in your exercise programming, that is when you start seeing a monster change in your results and your outcome of working out. But when you do not follow this, your gains are minimal, right? Your gains are minimal. Now, most people don't know about these five intensities, and if they do, they don't really think about them much. You know, most people know reps, 
most people know sets. Most people know um, uh, the resistance, the amount of weight you're putting. Those are usually the main things that people think about that they need to do. Very little pay attention to rest. Rest is usually when I feel like it. <laughs> it could be in the middle of a set. <laughs> you could have five reps less, but you're going to take a rest anyway because you feel like it because you're tired. So you want to take a rest. Or, you know, in between sets, you think it's okay now to go take a sip of water instead of if you're following a superset routine. I mean, you're supposed to do it immediately after, not set, drink water, and then do it. That almost defeats the purpose of it being a superset, right? So many people ignore those, those, in, those, those intensities. And a part of why it is overlooked is because it's not sexy. It's not exciting. Nor is it fun. It's meticulous. <laughs> it's, you know, you pretty much, you know, being more conscious and aware of the, 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 the numeric side of things. Paying attention to the amount of reps that you do. The weights and the tempo. Like, it's, it's more of a numbers game. It's a scientific formula, right? It's a mathematical formula, right? I'm, I didn't even get into, like, adding up the volume, Right. That goes with the resistance, like the amount of weight you actually lift. That is another part of the mathematical formula that ties in with you being able to transform your body. It doesn't occur the way people want it when they jump into these Group X classes. But the Group X classes make money and it brings in numbers. Which is great. But unfortunately, it's not a giving the outcome most people want. It's making people smaller, but it's not making people necessarily much leaner. It's making people more active, but it's not necessarily making them less injury prone. So the understanding of why it is in its place is there. But if you don't understand or take the time to learn the importance of the principles of training and these intensities and how they're going to get you to obtain and sustain your goals, you're going to be very frustrated. You're going to be very frustrated and you're going to fall amongst the many of people that end up giving up because you think it doesn't work for you. It's not that it doesn't work for you. is that you're not willing to grow beyond the convenience of just being in a group training environment. And the challenge with doing such specific training in these types of environments is that, well, group training tends to challenge a sixth intensity. A sixth intensity that I could have put in here, but they tr they, they really hit that sixth intensity because they're trying to do everything at once and the more you try to do more body parts included with cardiovascular training you need that very important and special muscle called grit grit says you are going to master the ability of stop stopping right you're gonna master the ability of you know um Delaying action. That's you taking too much of a break. <laughs> You're going to master not doing that. You're going to master consistent 
progress, right? So when you go into those group kind of training environments, it's very difficult to it's very difficult to to accomplish these goals, you know, um, you know, because you are trying to do too much and you haven't developed that grit muscle so that this high intensity workout actually yields the result that you want it to yield for you. Another component of utilizing high intensity workouts to achieve your goals is that you also have to master the 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 time that is taken to heal the body. When you're breaking down multiple muscles, you're also affecting multiple joints. If you don't take the time to heal that, instead of always making your workout about calorie burn, build, 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 and not understand that healing is a part of building, because building is two parts. It's breaking down, and then it's healing. Break down again, and heal. But if your focus is strictly on breakdown, 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 uh, I have a little rest here, I'm, I'm hurt, and then I go back to breaking down, instead of being proactive about your healing, yes, some healing happens with rest, but there's some healing that you need to be proactive on. You just can't sit back and wait for it to happen for you. So, ultimately, ultimately, if you want to build your ideal body, you if it's through HIT or if it's through proper strength training with proper nutrition, strengthening your heart, improving your athleticism, those five intensities have to be at the forefront of your exercise programming. You have to be conscious and aware and monitor the progression of your resistance, of the reps, of the sets, of how much rest you have, and the tempo that you're following with your reps. And that is how you will get to have a more efficient exercise routine. It's going to yield the increased metabolic results that we are all after. All right, that's it for me today. I hope this message uh, resonates with you guys and it, and it brings up, you know, um, some new ideas to approach your strength training, to do things differently so that you can start getting a different result. Instead of struggling with the same, uh, with the same, uh, same old, same old, <laughs> you know, the same cyclical routine that you have been experiencing day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. All right, guys, Coach Jay Hunt, I'm out. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you on the next one. Bye.